Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocks big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Watching the English: The Hidden Rules of English Behavior. When it comes to the English, the image they present to the world is undoubtedly contradictory and confusing. They are the courtliest gentlemen in the world and also the most notorious football hooligans. They talk about the weather all the time when they meet, but they don't necessarily like it. They tend their front gardens not for admiration but for display. They can write highly revealing books about private lives, but they are reluctant to share their private doings in casual conversation. Furthermore, through television, books, internet, or real-life encounters, the strange behaviors of the English may make you wonder why does no server acknowledge your presence when you walk into an English pub? Why are house numbers in England always hidden out of sight? How come the English always resort to roundabout dialogue instead of being more straightforward and direct? Why are they so fond of telling jokes that are not even funny? Why in the world do the Brits have so many odd behaviors? What sort of people are they? The book we are going to uncover today watching the English will answer those questions nicely. This book is written by Kate Fox, a social anthropologist from England. She is co-director of the Social Issues Research Center in Oxford and a fellow of the Institute for Cultural Research. Her work is centered around observing and assessing global socio-cultural trends, particularly in many aspects of human behavior. Fox argues that each culture has its own rules, though different, the rules are always there. One significant way to differentiate one culture from another is to identify the differences in the rules. After having spent 12 years researching English society, Fox wrote this book Watching the English. Her approach is participant observation research which involves entering into the lives of her research subjects. On the one hand, she observes the customs and behaviors being studied from an internal perspective. On the other hand, she observes them as an objective scientist from the outer world. She explores the personality traits of the English in two aspects: conversation codes and behavior codes. By doing so, she aims to help people understand English personalities. In this bookie, We'll get to know the hidden but true personality traits of the English based on the rules of English behaviors. Part 1: Personality traits reflected in conversation codes. Part 2: Personality traits reflected in behavior codes. Part 3: The core personality trait of the English: social disease. Mattersite, a speech analytics company, once experimented on language and personality. The results showed that a person's daily speech patterns fully reflect his or her personality traits. So, what personality traits are reflected in the conversation codes of the English? The first trait of course is the soul of English conversation, English humor. Humor is often thought to refer to the quality of being amusing, funny, or entertaining. Still, Fox stresses that English humor is the opposite. This type of humor tends to be sarcastic, mocking, and bantering. Meanwhile, it is characterized by exposing megalomaniac, self-righteous, and boastful persons. For example, if English speakers exaggerate certain parts of their speech to sound insincere, 
the English public will surely greet them with shouts of derision, such as oh, come off it. Another example is the Oscar award ceremony. As American actors express their ecstasies in a flood of tears, the English TV viewers will exclaim in disgust and find them pretentious. English humor is more about expressing their dissatisfaction and antipathy with gushing earnestness so that they don't have to vent their discontent in action. To the English, pretentiousness, boastfulness, patriotic pride, overzealousness, and sentimentality are signs of gushing earnestness. The English attitude is, thou shalt not take things too seriously. As a result, they tend to respond to overly serious people and events with English humor. English humor is an undercurrent that runs through every aspect of life and culture in England. You can hear all sorts of intimate and bantering nicknames at the bar. To be specific, a plumber is called leaky, a short person is called lofty, and a skinny person is nicknamed stick. You can hear English friends in their new homes boasting self-deprecatingly about how they managed to burst three pipes one after the other during home improvements. You can even hear two English women exchanging derisive remarks about the recent behaviors of their kids. For the English people, humor is an automatic response that comes naturally and blends seamlessly into English life. It is as omnipresent as breathing. Contrary to their frank and intuitive humor, the English are self-deluded when it comes to class consciousness which they willfully ignore. George Orwell, the famous English novelist, journalist, and social commentator once said, England is the most class-ridden country under the sun. It is a land of snobbery and privilege, ruled largely by the old and silly. This quote speaks volumes about the deep-rooted class system of English society and the significant ways that the English distinguish between classes. To differentiate one class from another, the English use language which is subdivided into terminology and pronunciation. Fox tells us that a person with an upper-class accent, using upper-class T terminology, is still recognized as upper-class even if he or she is unemployed, impoverished, and living in a rundown apartment. Likewise, a person with a lower-class accent, using lower-class terminology will be identified as a lower-class even if he or she is a multimillionaire. In terms of pronunciation, the differences in the way vowels and consonants are pronounced reflect class differences. For the pronunciation of the same word, the lower ranks may drop their consonants, but the upper classes are equally guilty of dropping their vowels. In terms of terminology, England's class nature is expressed in an unwritten rule called the seven deadly sins. And what are the seven deadly sins? They are seven words that are regarded as taboos by the English upper and upper middle classes, garden, toilet, serviette, dinner, settee, lounge, and suite. If you improperly use or simply utter these taboo words in front of the English upper classes, you will immediately be demoted to a lower rank or automatically classified as lower class. For instance, it is fine to use dinner to refer to supper, but you will be seen as lower class if you use it to refer to the midday meal. The English upper classes use loo or lavatory to refer to a restroom. In contrast, the lower classes say toilet. If someone from the upper or middle classes accidentally uses the expression toilet, he or she will no longer be accepted by the upper classes, or they will be frowned upon. The everyday language of the English reveals how deeply rooted their class consciousness is.
However, in an age of political correctness, many English people are ashamed of their oversensitive class nature, so they try their best to deny and conceal this deeply entrenched class consciousness. Hence, English personalities reveal a collective self-deception regarding class consciousness. What methods of self-deception are adopted by humiliated English to gain psychological comfort? When dealing with outsiders for example, middle, upper middle, and upper class people will use relatively polite euphemisms, such as ordinary people, less educated, blue collar, and so on to avoid the term working class. For example, it is impolite in English pubs to tip the server directly. It is regarded as a rude reminder of their service role. As a sign of equal treatment, offering a drink to the servers is a substitute for tipping. When a customer invites a waiter or waitress for a drink, the price of the beverage is added to the customer's bill. Although this roundabout way of disguising status differences remains a one-way commensality, it provides the English tremendous psychological comfort to temporarily forget class differences by using politeness as a disguise. Next, we'll look at the English's skillful use of etiquette. The English protocol is more like a powerful tool of communication and a pretend friendliness. In addition, it is their primary way of avoiding conflict and promoting exchange. The weather is what the English consider the best facilitator of conversation. Still, a critical principle of weather talk is not to disagree with the weather being discussed. In other words, when someone mentions that it's cold today, out of courtesy, you have to return an affirmative concurrence and not give the opposite response, even if you don't think it's cold at all. If you have a penchant for expressing yourself, how can you appropriately respond to the other person? Fox mentions that you can reply with, yes, but you know I don't tend to notice the cold much, this feels quite warm to me. Though it's a bit self-contradictory to reply with a positive response yes and then a negative answer with this feels quite warm to me, etiquette is far more important than logic in this case. The different ways of conducting bonding talk between males and females in English society also clearly express the precedence of etiquette over logic and reason. Bonding talk is a conversation that strengthens friendship. At English social gatherings, it's not uncommon to see two or three women tirelessly complimenting each other during a bonding talk. Their compliments may jump from hair to shoes and from modes of speaking to mannerisms. Moreover, their praises are accompanied by self-deprecation, such as your hair looks great, I wish I had gorgeous hair like you, mine's so boring and mousy. In the meantime, the person receiving the compliment should never be comfortable with it. They must follow through with a counter-compliment, otherwise, they will be seen as rude or even arrogant. Honestly, if you pay close attention to their conversations, you will often notice blindness and irrationality. For example, one woman might praise her female friend who has a normal face for having a skinny look, while being critical of her own normal hair condition which is so boring and mousy. English men have different ways of talking. Their conversation seems more like a competition to demonstrate superiority by belittling each other. For instance, a racer, a football team, or a philosophical theory might be topics for the minds better than yours game. Although men may raise their voices and swear in this type of conversation, the exchange will go smoothly and amicably, because there exists an underlying humor and a mutual understanding. 
the differences of opinion are not to be taken too seriously. That is where the hearts and minds of both sides come together. Therefore, only mock anger, pretend outrage, and jokey one-upmanship appear in this type of conversation, whereas over-excitement and actual boastfulness are prohibited. In England, male and female bonding talks are mostly different. Still, they do have some commonalities, such as proscription of boasting, prescription of humor, dislike of overzealousness, and polite hypocrisy. We have just covered the content of Part 1, Personality Traits Reflected in Conversation Codes. Let's do a quick recap. Firstly, humor is the soul that rules English conversation. English joking is neither amusing nor funny. It tends to be sarcastic, derisive, bantering, or driven to expose megalomaniac, self-righteous, and boastful persons. It's more about expressing their dissatisfaction and antipathy with gushing earnestness. Secondly, the class consciousness of the English is mainly reflected in terminology and pronunciation. Since they are ashamed of their oversensitive class nature, they try to hide their class consciousness through self-deception. Lastly, English etiquette is characterized by a pretend friendliness. It is their primary way of avoiding conflict and improving communication. We also learned about the protocol for weather talk and different kinds of bonding talk between men and women in England. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.